Hi, this is Joel Rosenberg, and I appreciate you joining us for uh, the second podcast in this uh, series. It's been a joy to uh, launch this with Tyndale. Uh, this one is about uh, what's going on with the new uh, election and inauguration of Iranian President Hassan Rouhani and whether this uh, rise of Rouhani to power suggests that uh, war is less likely uh, or more likely between Israel and Iran. Those of you who've been watching uh, and tracking my blog uh, know that I've been writing about this in recent weeks. Um, been interviewed recently on Fox News and uh, the Sean Hannity Show. Uh, and let me summarize some of those thoughts in case you missed e uh, either of those interviews. The bottom line is that uh, the rise of Hassan Rouhani is being perceived in the uh, Western media uh, and by many in uh, the White House, State Department, and other international capitals and foreign ministries as, as a positive development. Uh, people are uh, describing Rouhani as a moderate, that he brings a softer face, that he, a, a gentler approach, that uh, Rouhani is evidence that, uh, that Iran is maybe changing course or willing to change course and take a more uh, constructive uh, approach towards um, the West and towards uh, the, their, Iran's nuclear program. Nothing could be farther from the truth. The evidence suggests, uh, not just suggests, it's conclusive entirely in the opposite direction. First of all, you have to understand where Rouhani comes from and who he is. Uh, Rouhani was one of 686 candidates that uh, registered, uh, applied to run for president uh, earlier this year in Iran. Of the 686 candidates, uh, only eight were allowed by the Iranian government to run, okay? And two of the eight uh, then dropped out of the race, leaving only six. So you have to understand that Rouhani was not some sort of moderate reformer, somebody who wants to change Iran, somebody who wants to take on uh, the supreme leader, the so-called supreme leader of Iran, the Ayatollah Khamenei. Rouhani is uh, one of the inner circle members of the uh, Iranian regime. He was an advisor to the Ayatollah Khomeini. He's been a close advisor to the Ayatollah Khamenei. Uh, he uh, ran the National Security Council for many years. He has been uh, uh, running a think tank in Iran for uh, on national security issues, closely aligned uh, to the regime. He was the chief nuclear negotiator for Iran uh, from 2003 to 2005. Uh, and during that time, um, he uh, was per trying to persuade the West, and quite effectively, that Iran was taking uh, was, was slowing down its nuclear program, uh, that it was uh, willing to talk, willing to negotiate, uh, sort of uh, mothballing its uh, nuclear ambitions for a while. But then Rouhani later was quoted as saying, after he left uh, that role as chief nuclear negotiator, uh, he then told people, and it's, it's quoted, I've quoted it on my uh, website from, uh, from various articles, that he was running a game, that he was trying to trick, Iran was trying to trick the West, uh, that in fact Iran was accelerating its nuclear 
uh, program during the very years that he was telling everyone that um, that Iran was slowing down. So he has, uh, Rouhani has bragged to the effect that he has used nuclear negotiations with the West to in fact accelerate Iran's capacity to develop the, uh, the nuclear fuel necessary uh, to build nuclear weapons. Uh, Rouhani was endorsed significantly during the most recent uh, Iranian presidential elections by the one political uh, leader in Iran who has publicly called for Israel to be completely destroyed by nuclear weapons. <clears throat> That's former Iranian President uh, Rafsanjani. And Rafsanjani and Rouhani are, are very, very close allies. Uh, tragically, uh, Rouhani's son uh, took his life a number of years ago, and in the suicide note left by Rouhani's eldest son, he said to his father that he uh, that he hated Rouhani's lies, his hypocrisy, his double dealing, uh, his corruption, his linkage to the government, and the son even wrote in the in the suicide note that he that he hated the fact that his father had kissed the hand of Hamanai. Uh, this is from a, uh, a man who knew his father best, uh, that uh, saw the evil in uh, Hassan Rouhani and couldn't bear it anymore. Now it's absolutely tragic uh, that he took his life uh, and I, I can't imagine the pain that Rouhani and his wife and the rest of the family felt uh, when this happened. Um, we can't wish this on anyone, even our worst enemies. What's interesting is that episode happened in 1992 and some 21 years later uh, that incident of a son just being so broken by Rouhani's um, uh, complicity with evil in the Iranian regime didn't persuade Rouhani to leave government or get out of the Khamenei system, but rather to uh, go deeper and now, in fact, um, be elevated to be the president of Iran. So Rouhani is not a moderate um, he, uh, quickly after um, being elected, if, if you can even call it that, it's such a rigged election in Iran, but even at that point, he, one of the first things he did was uh, thank the Mahdi, or the 12th Imam, for his victory, suggesting that at the minimum he's at least in league with the Ayatollah Khamenei's end times uh, theology about the coming of the 12th Imam, uh, or at least that he's, uh, and so he's, he, uh, either Rouhani is a Twelver uh, and believes the 12th Imam is coming soon, that he needs to take orders from the 12th Imam, and that the way to accelerate, to hasten the coming of this Mahdi, this so-called Islamic Messiah, is to annihilate two countries, Israel, which they call the Little Satan, and uh, Israel, I'm sorry, and the United States, which they call the Great Satan. So e either Rouhani is a Twelver, or he is at least willing to sort of kowtow and, 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 and appease Hamanai, who is definitely a Twelver. Um, it's interesting that Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, described Rouhani recently as a wolf in sheep's clothing. 
Uh, interesting that that's a, that's a New Testament uh, description. I don't know that Netanyahu used it that way, but still, it's interesting that uh, the Israeli government sees Rouhani as, as uh, deceiving or attempting to deceive the Western powers about Iran's true uh, objectives. Uh, one thing I said on Fox News um, uh, last week was that uh, Rouhani uh, may be a wolf, he is in fact a wolf in sheep's clothing, but the previous president of Iran, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, uh, was a wolf in wolf's clothing. In other words, uh, Ahmadinejad had no problem just saying the most outrageous things about what he and the regime really believe. Uh, denying the Holocaust ever happened, for example, while preparing for another Holocaust, uh, calling for the, uh, Israel to be wiped off the face of the earth, uh, and with it six million Jews, uh, saying that uh, that uh, Iran was going to you know continue to pursue uh, these uh, nuclear ambitions and 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 not stop at all, uh, building up Iran's uh, missile. Uh, ballistic missile uh, system, and of course uh, Ahmadinejad's outspokenness in uh, calling for the uh, the 12th Imam to come, uh, and uh, really preparing the way for him. So the, these are all very troubling developments. On top of that, what's troubling is that the uh, the U.S. administration uh, in Washington uh, appears to be accepting. The, the concept that Rouhani is a moderate and can be dealt with. And uh, it, there's been some troubling developments in which uh, the White House is essentially signaling that they are be, they'd be happy to have uh, talks with Rouhani about, uh, you know, about the nuclear program um, and that they uh, see Rouhani as a moderate, that this is a positive development, that they welcome the rise of Rouhani. And, uh, and as Congress, uh, at least the House of Representatives, has just passed overwhelmingly, I think like a vote of like 400 to 12, I think it was, uh, uh, tougher economic sanctions on Iran's oil industry, attempting to cripple the oil industry in Iran to try to persuade Iran's leaders to give up their nuclear ambitions. Uh, the White House has signaled that it, it is not interested in more sanctions, that that would perhaps send the wrong message to Iran right at a time when the White House is trying to engage uh, Iran. Uh, the Senate has not yet taken up the, uh, the House bill on these sanctions. They will. Uh, they're expected to in September. But 76 U.S. senators... Uh, out of 100, uh, sent President Obama a letter strongly urging him to support such, san such sanctions and even develop military options uh, to show Iran that we are running out of time and that a decision has to be made. Iran has to abandon its nuclear ambitions uh, or there will be dreadful consequences. And, and yet again, the administration seems to be resisting this. So... Uh, one of the things I wrote on the blog uh, in the last few days is that uh, evidence is mounting that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is increasingly prepared to order a massive preemptive strike on Iran's nuclear sites. And I listed uh, five reasons uh, why. Uh, I'll, let me walk through those quickly, and then you can, of course, read more about it at uh, 
joelrosenberg.com and clicking on to the uh, onto the blog and uh, you, uh, you can search uh, for this article. The article is entitled "End Game Update: Mounting Evidence Suggests Israeli Strike on Iran Approaching," and it was uh, published on August sixth. Here's the five reasons uh, why I think that it's, uh, the evidence is really mounting, that, that Netanyahu is ready for strike. I can't say that he will strike, uh, but this is the evidence why. Number one, Iran is aggressively pursuing two routes to nuclear weaponry, one via uranium enrichment, uh, the other via plutonium. And I cite uh, articles that give more detail in recent uh, weeks uh, that Iran is now aggressively pursuing these two routes, uh, including a, a plutonium enrichment facility uh, that could be f able to produce uh, nuclear weapons-grade uh, material uh, as early as next summer. Number two, uh, Iran is steadily approaching the red line. Uh, that is the point at which Netanyahu has said Israel would have no choice but to strike. You see, Iran is, is moving so aggressively and rapidly towards uh, uh, enriching enough uh, uh, uranium and, and, and plutonium to get it ready for nuclear weapons-grade fuel uh, that um, they are approaching the point of no return. And uh, this is very, very dangerous. Number three. Officials in Jerusalem do not see the Obama administration taking decisive action to prevent Iran uh, from getting the bomb. Uh, number four, uh, to the contrary, Israel sees President Obama and Secretary John Kerry weakening their resolve and opening the door to indefinite negotiations with the new Rouhani administration, which, as I said, they perceive as moderate. Let me, let me note that this is particularly uh, troubling because, of course, Iran wants to start talks now. Uh, in other words, we've been wanting them to talk directly and really make uh, you know concessions and give up their nuclear ambitions, you know, for years. But now they're saying, "Oh, sure, now we're ready to talk." And Rouhani is saying, "Yes, uh, just give us a few weeks as we get our team together, and we'll we'll go into negotiations." The problem of course, is that Iran is so close to having its nuclear weapons program so ready to build not just one bomb, but an arsenal that, um, that Israel can't afford the United States and the Western powers to get sucked into this long process of negotiations. Iran has to give up its nuclear weapons uh, program now or from Israel's perspective, it has no more time um, before it would have to destroy uh, these facility, facilities militarily. Which leads us to point five. Israeli military leaders believe they have the operational capabilities to destroy or at least seriously damage Iran's nuclear program, uh, but they believe that they have a shortening window of time after which uh, the task would be beyond uh, Israel's capabilities. Now, those of you who've read my novel uh, that came out earlier this year, Damascus Countdown, uh, know that uh, this is shaping up to be not that dissimilar from the uh, the fictional scenario that I, I wrote about in Damascus Countdown. Uh, 
and some of you who've been who tracked the blog know that on July 15th, I wrote that uh, senior Israeli officials at the highest levels uh, were telling me on my recent trip to Israel that Iran was dangerously close to the red line, and that they Israel was ready to go to war, but they were waiting for any signs that the West, and specifically the United States, were uh, going to take meaningful action. Uh, however, not only has uh, President Obama refused to take such action, but uh, his administration appears to be going in the opposite direction. And I think, it, um, you know, from watching Netanyahu, uh, knowing him, watching him, watching his team as closely as I have over the le these last uh, 13 years or so, I have to say, I think they are ready to strike. I think they don't want to strike Iran. They want uh, the U.S. to take the lead uh, they'd prefer war not have to happen at all, uh, and that other ways of uh, bringing Iran uh, to giving up its nuclear program would suffice. But they don't see these things happening. And as you'll recall, uh, last fall, last no uh, October, November, uh, at the UN, um, Prime Minister Netanyahu said that Israel, I'm sorry, that Iran would would reach the red line sometime between spring and summer 2014. Well, now we are definitely in the throes of summer, I'm sorry, 2013. Uh, we are definitely in the throes of, of, of summer 2013, and uh, it, it, uh, it's, it's very troubling where we are now. And um, I can't predict, I, I, just, I just honestly can't, whether Israel will... Um, will take the decision and, and launch a preemptive military strike along the lines that I wrote about uh, fictionally in Damascus Countdown, or whether other things will intervene and happen and allow that to be unnecessary. I pray war isn't uh, necessary and that somehow Iran is stopped from building and deploying operational nuclear war, uh, warheads and weapons before it's too late. Uh, war is not inevitable. But uh, I believe it does appear increasingly likely, especially if Israel perceives American resolve weakening in light of the Rouhani rise to power. So let us be faithful in praying for peace, uh, but preparing for the possibility of war. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we need to do that more than ever. I'm Joel Rosenberg. Thank you for listening to this podcast. God bless you.